Hello, everybody. Live from SoFi Stadium in the city of champions, Inglewood, California. It's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, Terry Miller, and Paul McCartney stage. How are you doing? I'm great. Did I you mean, make the concert? I did not. I made the fight, though, not Ooh. the concert. What fight? I don't know. Remember, I mean, <laughs> still suffering from fog. Well, there was a lot of action, a lot of leather thrown this weekend. A lot of leather. I mean, that was that was tougher than leather. It was Run DMC out there in Carson this weekend. The Fonz. Well, <laughs> now let's talk about the situation. Let's just jump right on into it. Superfly Snooker, top ropes, top rope. I want to actually go back to Whitlock. Okay, <laughs> I want to go back because I want to talk about the Canelo fight because we we skipped a week, folks. We had problems, repercussions, things happened, okay? Now, in the last pod, you made it a point, as you have for Canelo's last five fights, to say <laughs> Canelo was going to lose. <laughs> it happened this time. I told you so. <laughs> now, what happened? Break it down in your, your view. In my view, Canelo just ran into something that he thought that he was going to be able to take control of, which he couldn't, is the size. The size was a major factor. And even, you know, this is a guy, B-Ball came out there and played to his size. He bullied the little man. He pushed him around. He used his distance. He kept him at bay. He made him fight off of his back foot. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't intimidated. The lights weren't too bright. Yeah, not Forget all. all that stuff about people talking about the political part because he has no control over that. He Neither has, does Canelo, no. by the way. He has I, I, I family in Russia. More. Yeah, and also, though, but I don't. I actually don't think he should have been punished or not no, fighting. No, or, no, I don't agree with that either. What he did do I is think punish the Canelo. players should play in Wimbledon and all that. Yeah, he punished Canelo. That's what he did do. When he you talk about punishment, that. he punished him. And if they have a rematch, I would think that he would put Canelo to sleep. Now, everybody who's running around bumping their gums that still want to give Canelo props for, you know, well, he took on the challenge. Actually... I don't really give him credit for that because if he wanted to take on the real challenge, we know who he was dodging, which was better Biff. It was a big thing for him to move up, but he's been getting away with it. We put him on a pedestal. We've made him into the boogeyman, and now we want to chop him down and make him like it's not his. Who fault. wants to chop him down though? Everybody's still still all love. Yeah, a lot of people are, but there's a lot of people who are you know really chopping him down now. He has people that are against him. Now they can come out because the gravy train might have left the building there sort of I don't think so. He's still the super huge draw. He is a huge draw. But, you know, once you get tarnished, one of the things that he's going to lose is that he's going to lose that fear factor that everybody has. And that's what I want to talk about, this air of invincibility that happened. Because even before the fight, they ran a clip of fighters talking about how he was unbeatable. Yeah. Which is the Michael Jordan effect. Right. Michael Jordan used to beat people before the series started because they were busy watching the Michael Jordan show. Mike Tyson used to do the yes. same thing yes. until Buster Douglas beat him. Yes. And there's something that, that takes place there. It's very, it was very interesting to watch other high-end fighters talk about how he just couldn't be beat regardless right. of who he fought. It was a, a really bizarre to the see. The reverence is sickening. I mean, It I really is. As an athlete, as somebody who's supposed to believe that you are the best, and that's what you have to believe if you're an athlete. Yes, especially the the elite athletes. Yeah. But we see elite athletes giving him credit where credit is not due in a well, lot of cases. I don't cases. even want to say that. He, he deserves credit. He is better than most of the guys. He's better than the guys that he beat up. Yes, he I is. I can't front on that. No, that, that's, but that's, that, that's credit that he deserves. Yes. The credit that he does not deserve, and neither does anybody else, is the credit of invincibility as though he's not a man. Yeah, well, that he can move up. They were already speaking on him fighting Usyk. I mean, which Unreal. is completely ridiculous. I would that fight probably wouldn't even last two rounds. I'd I mean, be amazed. I would be amazed for it to last two rounds. I know that everybody Canelo has a great chin. He sure does. We've actually hung out with Canelo a couple of times. He's a great guy. 
But the thing of this invincibility that he cannot lose, especially when you have a little guy or a smaller guy moving up to fight a light heavyweight, what happened was what was supposed to happen. He was supposed to lose. Yeah, he's this supposed guy. to lose. And that's the part that you do give him credit for yeah. because he challenged himself. He challenged himself. But now let's see what the pivot is. Because now is he gonna take the rematch? I don't know. I don't think he should take the rematch. I think he's gonna go to Gennady. Go back. I think that actually I actually think his smartest play would be to go to Gennady. Yeah. Because I don't think he wants to fight Benavidez. Benavidez is fighting uh, Lemieux this weekend, and he's expected to win. I don't think he wants to fight Benavidez or Big Charlo. Big Charlo is now saying he's moving to 68 so his brother can move up to 60. Yeah. And I, I don't think he wants to fight either of them. It's still a huge draw if he fights Gennady. He's going to be a huge draw if he fights anybody. Absolutely. I mean, if he gets in there with you, you know, you can. You it'd, it'd be a big draw. <laughs> it'd be a big draw. I mean, <laughs> I know my pay per view. Yeah, I think that uh, I wanted to speak about that invincibility that the other boxers were professing on his behalf in advance. The shock. It always blows my mind when you see people who do something for a living speak as though they don't know what they're talking about. Right. It's a trip. You watch it sometimes with basketball analysis. You watch it. You watch it with all the different sports. It's a really interesting thing. Well, and a lot of these guys, actually, when you talk to them one-on-one, they know how to beat Canelo or what needs to be done to beat a Canelo. But then when they speak to him, I feel like it's with the reverence of me not stepping out of line because... Of course, he's the boss. Yeah, because if I don't say the right thing, then he might not pick me or he might not pick somebody that, you know, give me an opportunity or, you know, boxing might shun me. I have a real problem with the cards. This is what else I wanted to speak on. Because... I said, I stated on the, on the pod before, is that he's usually up three rounds. But now we come to find out that he's up four rounds before the fight starts. Wow. Four rounds? And it's very rare that without a knockdown that you have identical scorecards from, uh, from judges. All three. All three gave him the first four rounds, and I gave him one of those rounds, actually. I did give him one of the rounds. And that and was up. That was him, a- and that, that could have gone either way. But honestly, I had to fight 10 to 2. If you were generous, you could have gave Canelo three rounds total. Yes. If you're generous. That's being nice. Yeah. He really, I think he only won two rounds the whole fight. And those were rounds that B-Ball took off. off. Yeah. Other than that, he was on the back end of a jab. And and combos. And and combos. And he was being pushed around. And my my disappointment with B-Ball was is that he didn't recognize when he had him hurt. Because he had him hurt for real. And he could have got him out of there. And he fell for the banana in the tailpipe. And Uh Canelo acted like he wanted some more. Like, come on, come on. Yeah, he really didn't want any more. He didn't want any more. Nah. But he shouldn't. He's he's a smaller man. He's probably actually a 160, like, max. Right. But this power, because I'm still listening to other fighters talk about how they thought that his power was going to translate. As a smaller person, the more you move up, your power does not translate. You know this. You guys know this. You know, they know this. <laughs> they want to win that, 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 you wanna that lottery day, as <laughs> right. Canelo says. Right. And, and you think that he's going to go up to the heavyweights and just start putting people to sleep? They did. But this just goes to the casualness of the casual fan. You know? And the other piece that I want to speak about, other than the absurd scorecards, and Dave Moretti is actually usually pretty good. All three of those judges are usually pretty good, and it just goes to speak about the corruption in boxing. Yeah. It's over the top. You cannot, you cannot have a not-wide scorecard in that fight. Come on. What they're saying with that is, is that if Bivol doesn't dominate the, the, 12th la- round? the 12th round, the 12th round, he gets a draw. Yes. And I told you, I said, if, if Bivol doesn't win, what you're going to see is the draw. That's yeah. because he's not going to knock 
Canelo was not going to knock him out. He showed you that. He's like, oh, he hurt my arms. Yeah. And, you know, my defense is impeccable. You're not going to going to go. I'm not going to put my head well, down he, for and you. And he hit Canelo a few times, actually. Yeah. He did hit him. It just didn't have the effect that it has for guys who were also in fear and trembling. Right. And especially if you fought Joe Smith. And especially <laughs> if you've actually punished him to take away even more of his power. Right. I mean, he was punished. Yeah. Oh, he got beat up. We watched him get beat up. In the fights that he's lost before, he didn't get – the only fight that he got beat up before was that first Gennady fight. That's he got beat up bad. Beat up. Yes. But the second Gennady fight, he gave as good as he got. I thought he lost the fight, but yeah. he gave as good as he got. Mm-hmm. And when he lost to Floyd Mayweather, he got outboxed. He didn't get beat up. No, he didn't get beat up. Even Floyd when Lara beat him. Yeah. Lara didn't beat him up. He outboxed him. He, you know the bruisers mean? beat you up. Bruisers beat you up. They and make more bigger men. Yes. They beat you up to the point where – you might they might take your uh, boxing rounds off of your yeah, career. Yeah, might take you know? rounds they're, off of your career. They're, they're just going to pound you. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes, where what he. Does I'm thinking next. that he's going to Gennady. I hope, I hope he does. But you know, I don't know. The pride is a serious thing, and he may run the rematch back. I kind of hope he goes for the rematch so that Bivol can get paid because Bivol got jerked on his money. Well, yeah, and not only that, I don't like Bivol talking about he's going to move down in weight. I know that he probably can make it, but the weight class thing is sort of what is it like Bigfoot? You know what I'm saying? You go in there, you're supposed to be 175, then when the bell rings, I'm 185, 190. So he's going to make the weight, and then he's going to balloon back up to his normal weight. So what does it matter? You don't need to go down. Just, you know, I, I guess he wants to take his belts is what he's saying, really, though. <laughs> what he's saying is I have full confidence that whenever I get in the ring with Canelo Alvarez, I'm going to beat him up. That's mm-hmm. what Beatball is saying. Yes, and I believe him. I do, too. I do, too. That way, I don't think that way don't matter, but... The other thing, speaking of which, about financial, getting cheated financially. That's terrible. Is about DAZN. Yeah. DAZN, you cheated me. First of all, I bought DAZN under the guise that you lied to me and told me that pay-per-view was dead. Sure did. You told me that I was going to get to watch Canelo Alvarez, Anthony Joshua, Gennady Golovkin, and others for my subscription fee of $9.99 a month. Or what is, or $1.19 a year total. They have, they have the package. Well, they, they, uh, this is where I was going. Uh-huh. First of all, you switch that to then change it to, I think it's nineteen ninety nine a month uh-huh. or the one nineteen for the year. I got on. I was, I was all with it originally, so I think I'm on the original plan. Mm-hmm. But you're not, though. But then the last two big fights, you've charged for the pay-per-view. You made it a pay-per-view. Oh, you made it a pay-per-view plus a monthly subscription. And then you have the nerve to show movie trailers within the fight so that I can't hear what's going on in the corner to hear if trainers are giving any proper information. Right. I didn't hear anything. I think they stopped showing commercials after the sixth round or seventh round. I would love to know what Eddie Reynoso was telling Canelo. Right. Because I actually think Eddie Reynoso is a good trainer. Do you? And, and yeah, I don't, I don't think he's a bad trainer. I think he's I just, okay. I think he's, I, I, yeah, I think he's a good – he's got, a, he's got a, a guys – he takes guys from one level up. That's what I will say. I can even say that with what he did with Ryan Garcia mm-hmm. because Ryan Garcia was much better under Eddie Reynoso than he was under his dad. But that's neither here nor there. I would just like to hear what was going on in the, in the corner. Can. You got to watch a new trailer. Dr. Strange was coming out. <laughs> Dr. Strange love is on the scene. And that just, it's an illusion. Strange. Metaverse. And so it, what is going on? Did anybody else have a problem with that? How is his own? You should have a problem with that. Bait and switch on us with that. It's one. a bait and switch. 
What happened to pay-per-view? You're showing commercials and you're charging me pay-per-view now. Even on pay-per-view, on standard pay-per-view, you don't show me commercials. Right. I paid per view. You paid for commercials now. How do you feel? Cheated. Cheated. I feel cheated. I really wanted to get that out. Really, really bothered me, DAZN. You, you let me down. I just have to say. So then the last piece to go along with the Canelo wrap-up is Canelo saying he thought that he won the fight. <laughs> that has to be concussion. That, that's, that's I don't know. He looked pretty good at the karaoke session right? after the fight. The, the, the the, the, you always look all right on the outside, the inside. I think his eggs were still scrambled soft. He liked his Man. song because there's no way that he even in your heart of hearts could say, I won that fight. Said Bivol, maybe run four or five rounds. Maybe. <laughs> that's projection then. <laughs> I just, I, wow. I mean. What, I what, what, what work happens, did he think that I he had done? That, I think that what happens is when you get to this mega, mega stardom that Canelo was at, that very few people have ascended to, you're talking rarefied air here. Yeah. We're talking, you know, Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, Mike Tyson. You're talking that level of fame. Well, you're transcending. Yeah, you're transcending the sport. People are blowing smoke up your butt all the time. And he bought into it. And sometimes you can get high on your own supply. Yeah, and he did. And he literally thought and that. Some of that stinky. <laughs> he got some of that stinky boo-boo because he thought that he, he deserved He He's walking in there thinking that he deserves the four rounds, it looks like. That. <laughs> I well, first and foremost, I mean, the entrance is absurd. Yeah. I mean, pyrotechnics, dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, now. <laughs> but I mean, what can you do? I guess he's feeling himself, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know. But more importantly, this weekend in Carson, it went down. It went down. It went down. But let's start with the undercard. We wanted to get there early, make sure we saw this Boots in this fight. Boots is, has a lot of respect from a lot of other fighters. And he's, you know, potentially next at the 147 category as far as uh, being a, a big dog out there. Right. But the problem that I had was he went out there and he did what he was supposed to do. Yeah. He fights this guy named Clayton who is also undefeated. Boots, I think, is 27-0, and 28-0 mm-hmm. with 20, maybe 29-0 and with 27 knockouts. Some, some crazy numbers. But this dude literally went in there looking like he was waiting to get knocked out. And afterwards, act like he was happy to get knocked out. Was happy that he had gotten <laughs> like, knocked dude, out and got, got it me. over with. Yeah. Hey. All right, dog. <laughs> That's all you, man. Boy, boots. Boots. Well, you knocked me out. Look at this dude, man. He put me to sleep. What is I don't get it. How is Boots ever supposed to get better? How are any of these guys going to get better? And then Boots, once again, and, you know, he's trying to win payday. Had the nerve to try to call out Errol Spence in the front row. He's not there. You're not there, bro. And I, I, I got respect for yeah. him. But, but you were the one that was trying rounds. to get Yeah, but he doesn't get rounds. This is the you problem get some rounds. with the knockouts because you're not going to get that inspiring. You're not going to get the rounds that you need to compete at that level. I mean, I, I, he's, a, he's an extraordinary athlete. He's, he's a great an talent. extraordinary athlete. Yeah, and he put that dude to sleep, but you're not getting the work that you need to get to that level of what Errol is doing. And this is a problem. Yeah. Because, I mean, you got to believe it. I, I felt his work in the sense that he is, believed yeah, and because is, he's supposed to believe. Yeah, and this is what I'm talking about. You're supposed to believe. <laughs> he's supposed to believe. No you're doubt. not supposed to put him on the pedestal and say, I can't handle that. No, yeah, he's I'm not he's supposed to that. say, I want you. Yeah, I want you. Even even if he knows he's not going to get him next. Call him out. You can say, man, I've been calling you out for years. <laughs> right. So, you know, I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at Boots. I like his work. But he's not there I, yet. I wish I would have seen. I can't even. I have to default to say he's not there yet because I think Errol is a generational talent. Yeah. But I can't even call it whether or not he's there because I never see him in the deep water. Right. 
You, battle testing is very, very important for very these guys. Important. I would love to see him fight Virgil Ortiz. Yes. I would that love would be to a great see that fight. fight. I really would. Virgil Ortiz is a dog, boy. <laughs> he's a dog. <laughs> and, he, and the other thing I like about Virgil Ortiz is he recognizes he's not there. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm just trying to get better, but I'm ready to mix it up. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. Whoever, yeah. whoever wants some. That confidence that we're talking about that you're supposed to have, that you're not going to put a guy on a pedestal before you get in the ring so that there's fear and trembling and I have no chance of winning because I put you above me in my mind. You can't win. So you like can't a, win. You said it's a Rocky. I'm Tally Shire. Why not? <laughs> but this is what we saw this weekend. We're going to throw you to a clip that we taped at the fight. Family of the Ozone, trainer of the well, I year. I don't know. I, I mean, if they if they cheat you this year, I don't know what to do. Right. Mr. Derek James. <laughs> get this man his flowers right now. We, 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 we watched this it. weekend and were ringside to a masterful display and execution of a great game plan that you put together. I mean, a Thank great you. game plan. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Wow. And How's it feel, man? You, this, is, this is serious business. You know what? It feels great. Put like it felt great that night. Uh-huh. But it's like I move on. I got another kick fighting on uh, the uh, June 18th, so I got to get ready for that. Mm-hmm. So it's like I mean, I saw you right this morning, back out on the grind. You yeah. back running like you fighting, right? But hey, man, this you got to stay on top of it, man. Listen, the day you sleep is the day they catch up with you. You know, and I, and I find it interesting because with all of this barking that's been going on between Errol and and Bud Crawford. And then with Errol actually took it to trainer to trainer without actually involving you, he involved right. you by right. by by saying Bomac is trash because he's a super heavyweight at five seven. That was his quote. Mm-hmm. He said he didn't even have no discipline. How's he gonna have anybody else have discipline? Now he didn't say nothing about Derek in that, right? But he said everything that he respects about Derek in that, exactly. Which was very very interesting as we watched my man indulge in his one of his many <laughs> gallons of water per day. How many, right, how, many right, right. how many gallons a day? How many gallons a day? I do like two, a little bit over two gallons a day, man. How many miles a day? Like three to three and a half. Three wow. Six. Yeah. Wow. Man, I got to get to Dallas. I got to get to Dallas. What kind of my lifespan? Yeah, what kind of running <laughs> shoes do you use? I use, uh, I'm running some Adidas. Really? Interesting. Adidas too yeah, narrow for my yeah, feet. They hurt yeah. my feet. My dogs start well, barking. Depends, I mean, listen, but like I run a certain, it depends on the, but normally it's Adidas, man. Maybe it could be some Mizuno's, uh, just depends, yeah. Okay. I think Adidas need to slide my man a deal, 100%. Yeah, right? Because he's the best in the game. Let's speak about what's been going on over the past few months. Now, you had also a wonderful game plan for Marcus Brown against Better Bev that right. you could argue that Better Bev did what he had to do as a champion, made the fight dirty, headbutt, yeah. elbows, right. whole song and dance through Marcus. It got talking. grimy. It got grimy. I want to ask how he's doing, and then I want to slide into getting to the fight on Saturday night. How is Marcus doing now? I've been wondering about it. Marcus is doing good. Marcus is in Dubai right now. So okay. Oh, really? He was commentating. He was going to commentate for the Mayweather deal. Ah. Oh. And that got broke and so, up by yeah, the – He's doing uh, good, man. He's getting, he's getting ready to start getting back yeah. in the gym and uh, 
you know, man, that was that. I think that that that'll be the one that I can never, I can that will never leave me. Really? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think because I mean, he he was doing so great. He was winning he the was. fight, and, and he was winning the fight, and um, really, technically, they were supposed to stop the fight, but they couldn't stop the fight because their man was behind. Right. They would not stop. So they need him. They need him to catch up. So I mean, but um, that was a terrible game. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, I'm a, I owe him. I owe him. I owe, I owe him. I feel like to uh, get him better and keep building. So once he starts back fighting, and get back in the gym. We're gonna just keep building and start back building, man. I feel like I, I'm responsible. So, now, mentally know, wise, keep... but mentally wise, how do you get him back, or how do you get that back to get him in focus after something like that? Well, because he once he realizes again who he is and what I, what we bring to the table, and how I'm gonna try to get it all out of him like, is, is that athleticism, but to continue to build on the skill set. To where right. he's more intelligent. And I mean, you saw him boxing. You saw, I mean, you know, oh, he looked good. Yeah, he, did, he, he looked really good. So it's like, um, but just to be like, just to constantly, because like we only had like two and a half months to train. Right. Yeah. So, so he just got to buy it, in. It, but yeah, it would, and listen, he bought the D on the study, but it couldn't, it was so fresh on top of the surface that it wasn't deep down in the soul. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Right. And this and is what, what I what saw. Need to marinate. So, so this is what I saw. After the fight, in the locker room with the Charlo twins, with Arrow, with uh, y'all whole squad, all of Texas was in the locker room. I got to go right. get me a COVID test because y'all was wilding out down there. Yeah, you right, you right, you right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, COVID was in the house. Yeah. Was like, Guaranteed. Well, I it was to either one of us. Yeah, I, ho- he, I hope he was a, I kept out of the VIP. But he has. A, she got a way to sneak in there. Either way it goes, right. what we saw, though, watching – from a distance, being a part of it, but watching. Those boys have bought into the Derrick James philosophy on boxing. And this is where you deserve the kudos, in my opinion. Right. Because as a former athlete, I understand the best coaches I ever had were coaches that allowed me and understood how to reach me to help me to buy into what they were selling. And if they got more than one of us to buy in, and if they get the whole team to buy in, this is how you win championships. Man, them man. boys were so excited. They wanted you in the photos. They wanted to give you love. Now, immediately, you're finally getting the talk that you deserve as trainer of the year. I mean, low-key at this point, for the 2020s, we're talking about trainer of the decade if we keep it this pace. Right. Because you've been trainer of the year the last few years. They just haven't given it to you, per se. Right, 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 right. But I digress. If we continue on, we now we're working our way forward. If we continue on to the Spence Ugas fight, which was a masterpiece performance by Errol, if you ask me. And and which in essence is a masterpiece performance by you. Um to me, one of the best parts that I liked about that fight, and you obviously didn't get to see it, you probably watched it afterwards, was they did this trainer track section uh on the pay-per-view that was literally focused on you speaking to Errol in the fight. Ukis was a dangerous dude. That's a big guy. Right. He was way right. bigger than I expected him to be like True. on the yeah. night of. And right. he hit Arrow hard. And you guys weathered the storm, broke him down systematically, and got him out of there. Right. Now, in that fight, since we got you, because we haven't, we haven't got to speak to you since then, in advance, what you guys don't take any tune-up fights. Arrow's coming off the situation with the, with the, right. the eye problem, so on and so forth. Are you going over tape? 
Are you going one-on-one with your man? There was a beautiful thing that happened right after the fight where you told him, hey, this is where you have to continue to focus and be there tomorrow. And you're living that because the fight was Saturday. You're running this morning on Instagram. Yeah. Right, 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 right. What is it it that a fighter, first of all, speak on what you want to about, I'm sure you talk about a hundred times, but not on the Ozone, about that game plan, about that execution. And I want to give you a chance to talk about what is it, that a fighter has to bring to show you to be accepted into your camp. You know what? I don't even know what it is to 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 uh, accept new people. Okay. I mean, it's like something I have to see or something I have to believe because it can't be what they say because everybody says all the right things. Right. Everybody brings a lot of passion as to whatever it is that they want to do or successfully want. So I, I I don't even know. It's just like I have to have some sort of feeling. I, I mean, really, that's what it is some sort of feeling that I get by this particular individual is really what it is. But for Alan, for Alan Ugas, man, it was like, um, I knew that I felt like that would be a more dangerous fight than any other fight out there because of the skill set. Because he's of the good. level. Ugas is you know, he's, a, he's a former Olympian. He's a former amateur world champ. Now he's a world champ. And listen, the way that they brought him back was like none other. The thing about this, he had to fight all these young top prospects and then go into even a deeper, like the deeper pool of what these really guys really are. And he, he kept, kept winning. Dudes he kept busting he kept dudes up. Then, you then could argue about Sean that fight with Sean. Yeah. You could argue that he could right. snuck out That's the dub right. with yeah. Sean. That's right. So after that, and then you then you see him we fight Sean, then he's double back and he fights Manny Pacquiao, right? And in Pacquiao, he sunned him. He used his he did. size. He used, he did. Yeah. He used, he used his, his skill set, his technique, his counterpunching. Lights so weren't too bright. So, right, right, right. So for me, watching him, it's like, damn, he's a good fighter. So you got to be, I mean, you got to be really almost perfect. You know what I'm saying? And like, even like for Arrow, that, that, that him uh, losing focus at one second in the sixth round. Could have yeah. cost him everything. Couldn't cost him everything, right? But this is the thing about it. Had he not been so, because the, from the fourth to like the sixth, he started to take over. Yes, but I believe that had he not been so, so so much of a physicality and all the power, then Ugas would have jumped on him. But when Ugas hit him with the shot, and he bounced against the ropes. Right, the referee did say break, but yes, but 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 Ugas the rep, but rep, the referee didn't stop it because it was kind of like still going on. Yeah, but what happened? It was Ugas' fault that Errol was able to recover or do whatever because he did not pursue him. Right. But he sure didn't did. pursue him because, because he got broke Errol down. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> been hitting him earlier. So it was like everything he did, he was able to get through that moment without even the guy not even stepping to him one time. If you think about this, if you look at the fight Saturday, um, Castano was putting pressure, but he was not putting pressure, enough pressure to work. He could capitalize off of it. He's putting pressure at a distance where Jamel could. He has shorter arms and shorter guy. Yes. So Jamel was able to hit him before he came in. I said, "Listen, he has to come through the front door. He got to what? He got to come. He got. He has to gotta come, come to you to get right. you." <laughs> and so he he kept. I mean, I just kept telling my watch the right hand over the top, which you know, because I know was landing because I watched the fight over again. He landed to some, but most of them, he just kept counterpunching me. And listen, and those shots started to wear on Cassano. Now, this was funny about it, though. They, his team did a disservice, I believe, because 
they kept telling him about how he won the first fight. Mm. So they convinced him that he did not have to do anything other than put the pressure on him, right? But in reality, he knew in the first fight, the power that Jamel was showing him was hurting him. So he had to be reminded of that over and over again in this fight. Mm -hmm. But it's like they convinced him. They did such a great job of convincing him that, that he won the first fight. That it kind of backfired on him. It backfired because he could not, he was still in the, at the first fight. I believe he was because he believed what they told him instead of saying, okay, this guy can punch, got to do this. He didn't, it, he fought like he didn't take that in under consideration You're, until later in the fight. So, do, you know so do you think that he didn't change anything? He didn't change anything? He brought the same fight plan? I think he, I think he, I think he, the thing he changed is that he wanted to put more pressure. And yes. apply more pressure. Yeah. I think that he realized that Jamel can punch really hard. And those straight right hands down the middle and the jabs down the middle and the three punch, boom, boom, boom. It was hitting him to where it was a three piece. It really, right. there was a point where he went in the right. corner at, at, in between rounds. I mean, my man from rounds like six to nine was spread yeah. out in the corner like he was about right. to grab right. a beer and go to sleep. Right. right. But and he was staggered. A couple times he staggered to the corner. Yes. He sure did. And the thing about it too was that. He did not expect Jamel to be such a good side, a good fighter on the inside. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and watch the fight, like I did, those short shots on the inside were really hurting him. Like yes, body shots. Uh -huh. And so we worked on that because I said, listen, from a from a realistic perspective, and I did where you can keep on the outside at the end of the jab, but in reality, he's going to get close to you. So we got to be able to fight on the inside. As he showed, because when he knocked this punch that he hurt him at the most was a short hook. Boom. Short hook. Short hook. I mean, like, it was so short. Right to the body, short to the left. You didn't, I, this is why This is why it was crazy. People sent me the video of me jumping up because he just crumbled. Yeah. It was like a right. delayed reaction how he folded. It was a delayed reaction. Yeah. yeah. And that's because the punch was so short, you couldn't even really see it you almost. Didn't see it, right. Now, when did you recognize this? Yeah. But when did you recognize that that was effective, you know, in the fight? Because he was wearing right. it well. He kept, he kept hurting him to what's funny, I'm in the corner. And I'm telling him, and in the corner, if you go back and see, I said, he's breaking down. Keep stabbing him to the body. Keep hitting him to the body. And so when we were, the round before that, Jamal was on my shoulder like, hey, coach, he's breaking down. I said, yeah, he's breaking down. He said, he's breaking down. He's breaking down. He said, coach, I see it. He's breaking down. So he was like, basically saying, he's breaking down. I said, yeah. I said, he is. You know, he put it on my shoulder, you know. I'm like, yeah. So. I got to go and watch then, it on TV because, you know, it's right, a different yeah. animal yeah. Right. on TV see, than may, it is in the thing. thing. You may not be able to see that because. No, not even just that. Was, I'm just talking about the, the whole the whole fight. Right, 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 right. And you'll see, like, Jamel was landing short shots on the inside, man. But the punch that stopped him was the body shot. Mm hmm You know, with a body shot. And, and then I, I froze, framed a picture of him. He was like, I was just like, he was in grueling pain. Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's in grueling pain. Yeah, that so dude is like, tough. He is tough. Castaño's he's got tough, man. A great he's tough. Chance. I I don't think I think he these last two fights took a lot out of his career. Personally, right? right. Yes, those yes. those last two fights, he took. I a thought lot like of the ref should have stopped the fight. It should've, he he, he should've, didn't right. after the first yeah, knockdown. After the he first made, knockdown, right. he, he didn't need it. that second bit of yeah. punishment that he got, which was unfortunate. But but you know what? I think that the reason why he didn't stop it was because see they were in the catch twenty two as the whole the judges everybody was because they wanted to get. Every with with the with the way that the first fight went, mm -hmm. I think that everybody's hands were tied as to yes 
They needed yes, clarity yes, on everything. Yes, uh-huh. yes, you're right Even about that. Wow, I didn't ju- think about from that. The, from the judging perspective, from the referee perspective, Everybody, need, even from the commentator, right? Commentator, you had a lot of fans who right, felt like right, that right, they could have went right. either way and blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. Wow. So it was like wow. it was like everybody's hands were tied because this was the fight that was going to rectify what they felt like they thought Rome doing was in, in Texas. Yes. So even though on the judges' scorecard they had Jamel winning, right? But even them, they had to make sure that well, it was all up to Jamel. There was no uh-huh. confusion. Was yeah, 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 yeah. And he, and he finished yeah. the show. But I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I ain't gonna lie. He took some punishment. That dude right, hit him. He, he he hit him, right. and I think he should recover for a bit before he jumps right back into whatever it is the next step is. But right, he right, right, he right. took some shots, and Castaño was tough, and he looked like I would like to talk to Mel about this to be honest because he looked like he hits harder than he looks like he should hit. Yes, because you know what? Like, I, he sits I, I down think, and everything. Right. You know what? Now this this is the thing about it. I think he doesn't punch as hard as he really. It looks like he's punching. Really, you know, that's he, why. I, that's why I wanted to wait, ask wait, Jamel. Let me about. tell you why. Because when I watched him work the mitts with his father, he was throwing from up high, like two shots like this. The only way those shots are gonna be, they may be physically strong, but they're not really the shots that like Jamel hit him with his whole body. Yeah, and uh-huh. the destructive shots. With, you know, he put his body behind the shot. Mm-hmm. So Kasanya punched from a high perspective, so it's only on punches. Okay. Right? When you break down a little bit more, put, you know, just bend your knees a little bit more, it's more of the body. So right. I think that that's why when Jamel hit him with a shot, Jamel threw right hand and went, boom, short, short. That's why it was so hard because he put his head in with his whole body, not with just the physical arm strength. So I think that if Casano had focused more on uh, the body physics and the mechanics of it, the punch would have been a lot harder, I believe. Interesting. Interesting. They should pay him for that tip. They sure should. They get, man, him and his pops. You help uh-huh. them out. Uh, <laughs> for the future. So now, got another fight coming up with another fighter. Who is that and where man. is that? A man, Frank Martin. He's, he's We've been together for like two years. And he's uh he's like one of the top, maybe top five or top. Uh, he's, he's top. I don't know where he's ranked right now, but he's fighting in Houston on Jamal's undercard. Okay. Yeah. Frank Martin, is he from Tennessee? No, Frank Martin is from Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he moved to Dallas. His cousin used to play for the Cowboys, Jalen Smith. Okay. He played from New York. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Right on. Wow. So where do you guys go from here, man? I mean, you got two two uh, unified champs, one of them completely undisputed. Right. Obviously, right. everybody want to talk about the sizzle, the, the biggest fight to be made in boxing is between your guy and Bud Crawford. Now, me personally... We've said it on the podcast a million times. I don't know how Bud is above Errol on the pound for pound list. I don't know how people pick him over Errol in a fight. All because, if I'm not just because I prefer Errol's fighting style and I'm friends with you, but because when I actually break it down objectively, I don't see where he has an advantage. He's not well, quicker. He's not because, faster. Uh, he's not bigger. I don't see him being stronger. Right, right, right. I think it's because of the machine that he had behind him. Mm-hmm. Mm. And Perhaps. I think that, that 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 machine that he had behind him, and it may and it's not like they they pushed the issue. He had he had the machine. He had a network, right? Yeah, ESPN. He had top, top rank. rank. Yeah, and so they constantly. But at the same time, they didn't promote him as a fighter. Now I would see him fighting. It'd be, it'd be on the bottom of the ticket tape. So it was like, so. Then, but they but mentioned him. The the idea 
Yes. You know, like uh, if somebody else's water is, is, is or somebody else's ice is colder than your ice. Right. So when he, so we're watching him do this and do that. But when they talk about him, really, really talked about him, but he was with this situation that we view as in better than ours. Yes. If you know what I'm talking about. Yep. 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 I got Your you. ice is colder than, so what he, they were saying about him, because if you, I mean, I, I'm not going to, I will never say he's not accomplished. I'll never say no way. that no. He's, he's not a phenomenal fighter. Or a phenomenal athlete, but I will. I mean, you can always question the level of competition. So, how do you say somebody's so great if they hadn't faced great competition? This is with hello. This is, I'm with you. If you think because even more, if you ever fought a fighter who could fight him back like Brian Kasang, right? Ever fought him back? We can fight him back like Ugas. At the point where he fought Sean Porter, they were going back and forth. It was it still was he was kind of he was kind of he, he was Sean had one foot out the game. Brought, he was he wasn't the guy who Errol fought. You know no. what I'm saying? And so I think that and that's unfortunate for him. Same for Kel Brook. That, but same, 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 same with Kel Brook. Yeah, so it's like and like I said, it's unfortunate for Crawford. It's not I'm saying Crawford's not a phenomenal fighter. He no can't way. control well, I'm not gonna say he can't control whatever, but I'm just gonna say that uh, you know, um it was you know, it was the bad deal. It's, I mean they I mean he's been taking some bad little breaks, I think with his uh that he didn't even fight those guys to get those fights, but now he has to pay for it because I mean that he's not as popular as he should be. He doesn't sell tickets like he should, and he never became a pay per view star. So I mean, I think that that's what that's what he has to deal with, and unfortunately, that's part of his promotional management situation. Right, and the only way to get there actually now is, now is through Arrow and uh-huh. you. Arrow Smith is right. That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. His, that's the only way to get to the superstar. Like you say, you got to come through the front door. Yeah, in that <laughs> right. sense, yeah, he really does. Somebody waiting for you with that nine. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying. Ah man, I'm gonna start calling you Aquaman, Derek. <laughs> thank you so much for for coming. <laughs> In between watering yourself. Hey, man, I'm on the list. I'm on the way to go trade my man Frank. I got to stay hydrated. Do I'm it. I'm not hydrated. I'm not going to be able to perform, man. Oh, okay, there you hey, go. Listen, you inspired me this weekend. I said, I got to pick up my water. I'm play, <laughs> playing myself out. I need to give me some more hey, water. Yeah, you got you know, your water, John. <laughs> 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 you know, you know, I'm going to tell you that what. You're very fast on your feet because there was one time I was at I was at home. I just busted out laughing because it was like, remember when Jamel beat Tony Harris? Oh yeah, Chip and Dale. We would have lost it. Chip and Dale. You fast on your feet, man. Got to <laughs> do it, brother. You're always welcome. You family in the Ozone. We appreciate you. Congratulations. This is a a, a really, no it's an unprecedented right. achievement. And and you deserve all the credit. We will keep singing your praises thank you. Thank you. whenever you got anything thank to promote. You. Anybody it doesn't have to just be one of your stars. Right. You got somebody right. that you need to shout. You want to put them on. You let us know. Right. They'll be on. Our audience will support. I appreciate that, bro. I love you guys. You know that, man. Yeah, it's, all love. Hey, you even great, though you man, played this out, and didn't make it to the stadium itself. Right? It's all good. Right? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But listen, this is gonna happen. We gonna make this do. Like, you know what? After this Frank Martin fight, I might be able to come to L.A. Okay. We're going to see. I'm, you I'm give me a little time freer, to, to lose some weight and squeeze into that 1X T-shirt you sent out. <laughs> so hey, man, <laughs> hey, there we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, man, look, you, you got me laughing. So. <laughs> 
right, fool. Hey, man. Stop Ladies it. and gentlemen, Derek James, trainer Stop of the year. I mean, he's working on trainer of the decade. Yeah. Uh, and, and most importantly, you know what he's doing? He's showing young men how to become men. And it's happening through the sport of boxing, and it's very important for these guys and other people who are looking up to them. Right. So kudos on you, man. It's bigger Thank than you. just appreciate boxing. Appreciate it, bro. You know I love you guys. I, I appreciate that. No doubt. Have a good one. All right. All right. Yeah. Derek James, ladies and gentlemen. Who could ask for more? Drop the mic. I dropped the headphones. <laughs> that was it. Now to our favorite sport. I came so fine. It's played on diamonds. What in the hell is going on with Joe Girardi and the Phillies? <laughs> it's been bothering you for a while. It really bothers me. Because he's got the MVP on his team. He's got and they got a crazy lineup. He just won't set the lineup. I mean, he's wearing out the bullpen. He's putting people in bad situations not to win. I mean, it's very, very hard to back him at this point. But I think that he'll actually, maybe it'll click in because it seems like he has one foot in the door with analytics and one foot out. That's what it seems and like. And I think that That's he needs what it to seems be like. maybe all in or all out because he's a gut player. And I think that he needs to stick with his gut because right. what's going on with those analytics, I saw him over there going through the papers and everything else. The game's going on while you're going through all those papers and tablets and everything. But it's always like he's chasing. Reese Hoskins has a big day, so all of a sudden Reese Hoskins is in the leadoff spot. <laughs> he loved that leadoff spot, boy. That thing is like... <laughs> Reese Hoskins is not a leadoff hitter. He needs to drive runners in. Get Gene Segura up there exactly. and, and shut up. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let him and set let the Kyle table. We got to set the table. And, and Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins hit bang Swing the baseball. And Cassiano's bang the baseball. Yeah. They, got a, they have a monster team. They got a team. crazy lineup. And the rotation is not really bad. You got Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola... Ranger Suarez is starting to work work out. You got a, a nice bullpen, but when what you, are we doing? When you tax it like that, it's very very hard to. I mean, the only person you can blame it on at this point is Joe Girardi, and it's unfortunate because you have to <laughs> blame it on Joe. And I actually like I, and I you like know, Joe's work most of the time. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen this item before. Uh, what we are seeing though is greatness, top to bottom. A lot of greatness in baseball right now. This kid, Hunter Green, came out and dealt. Man, he almost got him a, a lady's love without giving up a hit. That's crazy. And what, got a loss without they lost the game. The Reds are the worst team. One of my favorite teams of all time are the worst team in baseball. Yeah. He threw 118 pitches and had to come out in the seventh inning or whatever. Because Eight, that's where yeah, we, he did 7.1. Uh, yeah, and, and this is baseball where we are now. But, I mean, it is what it is. The kid's coming off an elbow injury. That no-hitter wouldn't have done anything really for, for him. Yeah. Or the season or anything. So that's personal accolades. You're playing a team sport. Let's save him. Let's save those bullets. I agree. In Clayton Kershaw's situation, I did not agree. In this situation, no. I do agree. Um, Although Kershaw's hurt now. Kershaw's hurt now, which means that he should have might as well threw his perfect game. <laughs> he hurt. might as well get it out the way. <laughs> he get pitched the 24th perfect that game. That back is just really only nowadays. Yeah, but the back is – once the back goes, it, it plays like that. It comes and it goes. And they're saying that it's not that serious, but I would have to believe otherwise because you can't keep having recurring back injuries and, and playing it off as if it's nothing big. Right. That back injury kept him out for, what, a quarter of the season last year? Even more, I think. Um Probably the biggest surprise, not necessarily for us, but for everybody, is the L.A. Angels. Yeah. The Angels are phenomenal. Yes. They the have Angels, pitching. They have it all. And they, they have the, sticks. Don't even talk about the sticks. And they have a coach. They're going to be a problem. If nobody gets hurt, they're a problem. Yes. And this is the point now. They can actually have people to get hurt, and, and they're still, still going to be a problem. Yeah. They just brought a kid up from the minor leagues that pitched the other day that had a pretty good game. Was it how down? Stelsit? Yeah. Then you had the kid, Detmers, and he pitched yeah, no-hitter. Detmers got the no-no. Forget about what Otani is doing. 
and, and, about what and Trout is doing is, is coming along. He's yeah. still not himself fully. Rendon is swinging a stick. Brandon Marsh is swinging a stick. Ward. Taylor Ward is tearing it up. <laughs> I mean, they got you it You just all. have to figure out how to design that, that lineup the right way. I particularly don't like Otani. In that, uh, I think he did he lead off the game yesterday? Yeah, I don't like, I like him in honestly, I like him just either before or after Mike Trout. I like him both. Yeah, I like him. I actually like him after Mike Trout, Trout even though Mike Trout has, has been proven he can hit without protection. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Mike Trout is more apt to swipe a bag than Otani is, even though they're both blazing fast. Mm-hmm. Otani steals more bags than Mike Trout, though. Yeah, but. I, he does. He he does it all. Yeah, but I he, I would have to, I would have to have Otani in front of him. But I think that what the the conversation that needs to be had is that Otani is a little bit more aggressive hitter, and they yes. p- they're pitching him different in the, in the major leagues than they did in Japan. So he has to recognize that they're busting him in more. Well, but he's now he's making him. But now he's making him get out of his kitchen. He sure is. Yeah, and so, he's still extending four hundred foot bombs yeah. off Otago. So with that, he just has to recognize. Uh, they, I'm sure that they're working on it, but the discipline of work, batting in front of Mike Trout because yes. he's going to get better pitches to hit. You're going to get better pitches, man. Yeah, you're going to get straight pitches. And then they can mix and match pieces with uh, Brandon Marsh and Rend- and Rendon because I don't believe that Rendon needs protection either. No. I don't. No, I, he might be the best. I was going to say I don't believe the Rendon needs protection more than than either one yeah, of them. Than either one of them. Yeah, he's a more disciplined hitter. Yes, and he can hit. It's yeah. not just bombs. It's yeah, not, no, he's he's a situational guy. He's a a professional hitter. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Very happy about that. Yankees are on a tear. I mean, tearing it up. <laughs> Forget about it. Even though I can't get Jordan Montgomery to get a win to save my life. Yeah, but what's going to happen with the Yankees is that they're going to have a couple of injuries, just like all the teams are, and then. Their pitching is suspect, but they're banging they're, they're banging you out right now. They're banging you out. But once you start running into that that great pitching that's coming about once the sun starts blazing out here, then you see those bats starting to slow down a little bit because the pitchers are having a hard time hitting their spots and everybody's not having a feel on the ball. And quit complaining about the ball because everybody's playing with the same <laughs> ball. I mean, there's not a different. So when we're playing baseball, they give you the same ball that they're giving me. If, you, if the ball's not going out the park, it's just not going out the park. Well, you got to get your leverage right. It's kind of right. like Derek was talking about with hitting uh, right. a man. You got to put your ball, your, your body behind the ball. Right. But it's interesting. It's still early, so we ain't gonna, you know, overwhelm you. One thing I am excited about is that we got the baseball All Star Game in L.A. That was wow. supposed to be here during COVID. That? It's now here this year. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, this is gonna be all kind of superstars there. Oh man, are you crazy? This is, and they're all gonna think about moving to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, on our way out, a note. To someone who hasn't been on the Ozone but is a faithful listener and will, I'm sure, somebody, sometimes pop by, the reason that I have held the Stanley Cup, my man Dustin Brown retired Brownie. and ended his career on Saturday night in a hurtful, painful Game 7 loss. He went out like a stud, too, Game 7. Mm-hmm. 12-year career. Salute, Brownie. We're finally talking some puck. I want to know right. if you want us to root for the Oilers or not. Something tells me you won't care at this point. <laughs> but, man, what a stud. Yeah, family man, nice guy. Great guy. Yeah. Great person, family guy, and a hell of a hockey player. Yes. Literally brought hockey back almost on his back. They had their core four kind of situation, him and Kopitar and Jonathan Quick, those guys. Kobe. they they These dudes brought L.A. on the hockey scene in a way that it hasn't been on since Wayne Gretzky and yeah, Luke Robitaille and yeah. those guys. And it's, uh, wow, it's crazy to see how time moves on. But uh, he has other things to do in his life. I, I just I wish him and Nicole the best. And, uh, yeah, man, can't say enough about him. 
special person. He is. We can try to get him on here and talk about this the, the next stages in his life. Yeah. For sure. I'll leave you with an African proverb. And it is, if you are filled with pride, then you will have no room for wisdom. Take some time, folks. The world is in chaos and crisis right now. Take some time. Think for and about what you're doing before and while you're doing it. We're all in this thing together. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is The Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream.